Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. A traffic uh, update for you just before we begin today. Um, thank you indeed. I-, I saw it myself about... <clears throat> I suppose an hour and a half ago, but obviously the the accident hasn't been cleared. If you're approaching Drogheda on the old M1 into town, coming in from Killinia that direction, the Killinia roundabout, the Rosal roundabout in the old M1, it's a main artery into Drogheda down the North Road, Georgia Street. There is an accident at the junction of Patrick Street and Georgia Street. A bus and a car involved there. And the delays are way back out that road. So if you're approaching Drogheda, the old M1 coming in from the north side of town, my advice to you is take an alternative route because there are long, long delays there at the minute. Thanks indeed for that. And thank you for getting in touch with us. Uh, 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. If you have any information, we'd love to hear from you. And we will bring it, of course, to the attention of listeners. Anyway, we begin the show today with Miss Louise Walsh because she's crackers. Well, that's nothing new, really. <laughs> no, her crackers. Sorry, I said the wrong thing. Her crackers. <laughs> you, po- you You posted last evening on LMFM Facebook uh, a picture of broken crackers. My word, it went wild with people commenting on it. And it did, and thank you very much to everybody, to everybody who, who did. did. Yes. So, what's the story of the crackers? Just briefly. Well, we were just thinking here yesterday, weren't we? Um, you know, the cost to live in, there was things going on, you know, prices of bread was dropping and that. And it just, I just thought of my crackers. Mm. Um, you know, when you open a little packet of crackers, generally speaking, you'll find a few that are broken. Yeah. I have quite a lot built up now, the okay, stage, okay. in a box. Yeah. And uh, my kids won't eat them. You know, even if I try and put them together, <laughs> they won't bring them for lunch. They won't, yes. won't eat them. Yes. So I was just wondering, you know, could you do an eat and mess kind of thing with crackers, which you said absolutely not. Um, and I just asked, you know, other things. Uh, but it also led us to say, look, there's stuff in your kitchen yeah. all the time that you kind of you go to throw in the bin and yes. maybe there are other uses for them. Absolutely. So and that's, really the, and that's just, the train of thought yeah. we're on today on the show. There were some fantastic suggestions. I've actually seen the one before where you actually uh, make a, a crumb out of the crackers and incorporate it into beef to make meatballs. I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I saw. I, I wouldn't know how to do it. You just does it like how you why, just mix what is it. it? Yeah, is you it just, a crunchy texture you, or something. Yeah, or? but just whiz it. If you have those bits, put them into a blender or whiz them wherever, and you get a nice fine uh, crumb out of it. And you mix it with the meatball, and it's a very good thing. It, it adds uh, uh, substance certainly to the meatball and texture, etc. I, I noticed that one in particular, but but there were many other suggestions. Feed them to the birds. Give them to the dog. No. No, no, no. Can you give them to the dog? Are they bad for the dog? Not at all. Just soak them a oh. little bit and they'll... I know I have a Labrador to eat anything. You'd eat your arm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, but there were many other suggestions In the toaster? Well. 
Somebody mentioned to Yeah, you. that's right. And you put crackers in the toaster. I suppose you can put anything into the toaster. Just keep an eye on them. I'd be worried about you and crackers in the toaster. <laughs> so would I. Because <clears throat> I, I, I could see fire brigades whizzing out that neck of the woods <laughs> no, very they've quickly. they've just given up on me at this stage, I think. <laughs> I'm too hard on you. They, they not, I don't my, mean They it. know my uh, phone number. Yeah, it's <laughs> in jest. Stage. Folks, it's in jest. We always are here. I'm not hard on at all. I'm only just, you know, taking, He's the, eaten my taking food. the mickey around. Yes, of course I have indeed. <laughs> and many haven't survived to tell the tale. That's very true. Anyway, we're going to continue on this line with a a guest of ours and we're delighted to have her back on Late Lunch. Her name is Kaz Mooney and she's the woman behind irishbudgeting.ie and I know she's passionate about food waste. Kaz, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you for having me back. Not at all. What do you think is uh, Louise's cracker situation? (laughs) Um, There's loads you can do with crackers. Um, They can go into lots of different dishes. Um, You can put them into soups and they'll pick in a soup. Um, you can whiz them up and put them on the top of mac and cheese or a pasta bake. Or they could even be um, a base for a cheesecake if you wanted to sweeten them up a little bit, depending on what cracker they are. Um, or even a batter for some goujons. So dip them in some, dip some uh, goujons in some egg and then put them into the crackers. And that will be a delicious outside for your goujons. There you go. So there are many. They are, Louise. Eating mess might be a bit of a push, would it? Eating mess is very sweet. You wouldn't use the crackers in that, would you, Kaz? <laughs> it depends, I suppose, which crackers it is okay. and how, how salty they are. Yeah. Um, if they're a water cracker, you'd probably get away with it. I yeah. Think. Are yours Jacobs, Louise? Are, are, are they a Jacobs brand? Jacobs are our, our own brand. God, we're really getting into depth on crackers on late lunch today, aren't we? <laughs> But they are cream crackers. Right, cream crackers. Yeah. So that's the main thing. Anyway, Kaz hasn't ruled her out. Come back to this whole thing of, you know, I don't have to remind you. I know they're dropping the price of milk and bread and all the supermarkets are following each other at the minute by a few cents of that. But look, we've been talking about it here now ad infinitum, the cost of shopping. And of course, waste not, want not is an old saying. That's your mantra, Kaz. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about trying to make the most of your grocery shop. It can often mean you won't need to go another day. So you can save money from using up all of the leftovers that you have. And it can often be another meal. I just noticed I do a curry every Wednesday and this morning. I always do too much rice. I'm a bugger for doing too much rice, to be honest with you. My dog loves it. You know, I give him an alternative with a little mix on the following day. But rice, if you, if, you, if you cool rice and get it into the fridge quick, there's something you can certainly create another dish with. Yeah, if you cool rice, rice needs to be cooled quite quickly yeah. um, before you pop it into the fridge. But it can also go in the freezer um, and you could make a, a lovely um, stir fry with that rice. Or um, everyone loves to have a special rice from the takeaway. So if you make your own at home, you'll be saving money there and it'll be a fake away. Mm, I like that so I really do and you know probably one of the common ones is bananas you know the way you buy a bunch of bananas and actually yeah. I, I love I think it's the Japanese system we saw Louise where they give you a bunch where they're all at different stages of ripening you know what I mean that you can I yeah. I, I think that's a re- I don't know how they do it but they do anyway but you know bananas and you, you forget it and next you see them they're all dotty with brown dots them and they're heading in that direction what would you do with overripe bananas? So there's so much you can do. Um, you can cut them up and put them in the freezer and they'll go into smoothies, things like that. Um, you can also put them in uh, banana bread or you can also um, make banana ice cream with them. 
banana pancakes. The list is endless. And um, if you freeze them right when they're ready, you can have a think about what you want to do and then you can just work away whenever you're ready. So the main thing is as soon as you see them becoming overripe to whisk them away and put them in the freezer straight away. Okay. Uh, bread. How many times do we cast bread aside? You know, we don't use the full pan or the loaf. What, what's your manoeuvres there with bread? So there's so much you can do. A lot of people reach out to me and say it's the heel, especially they're uh, leaving behind. And mm. I know with my own kids, I definitely have to encourage them to use up the heel as well. Um, something that we love to do is make um, a pizza out of the heel of the bread. So um, this is great, especially for the older kids, um, because they can make it themselves. So um, they just spread some tomato sauce and whatever we have left over in the fridge, pop that on top, some cheese and put it into the air fryer and it becomes pizza. Another thing you can do is make um, like a bread bowl. So you just pop the bread into a muffin tin and push the middle down. And you can either pop an egg in or you can pop in some leftovers and you can pop it then into the oven and just let it grill for a few minutes. And there you go. You have a bread bowl. Of course. And and alternatively as well, if you're you're into your stuffing and crumbs and that, you can whiz it and freeze it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also it's great for softening brown sugar. If you have any really um, hard brown sugar you can pop a heel into the bag with brown sugar and it'll soften it mm. if you're listening to us today and if you have any tips for getting the most out of the food in your kitchen we want to hear from you 086-1800-658 by whatsapp or text and we'll pass your tips on to the listeners today and you'll be helping people you honestly will saving money so if you have a hack in your kitchen for using up all of your food let us know 086-1800-658 text or WhatsApp. Um, You know, Milk, uh, our Adrian Taff of LMFM fame is a very, he's a very clever man, I have to say. And Milk, let's talk about Milk for a moment. He proved, how how many days over the date, roughly, Louise, did he drink the milk from the fridge and there wasn't a bother in it? Oh, I can't remember. It was a long time. I think it was nearly... 10 to 14 days after the date yeah, on it, wasn't it? even more, yeah. What about milk, Kaz? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely, it often, it depends on the weather, obviously. Yeah. Um, and make sure, as the weather gets warmer, to um, that your fresh fridge temperature is the right temperature. Um, but, yeah, no, it definitely lasts a lot longer than we give it credit for. Mm. Um, and also, as it's souring, you can then make it into um, other things, so it can become... Uh, for scones it's great for scones um actually like it'll save you having to buy buttermilk and so you can use it for a lot more and you can also freeze it Mm. so if you're not sure you're going to finish that milk you can definitely freeze it in general terms you know uh best before use by where do you stand on those you know use by is pretty strict isn't it you should really use the food by the date go going a little after that is dodgy um, use by is um, just a recommendation. So, okay. um, yeah, so. Use by, yeah. Oh, before. yes, yes. Best before is just a recommendation. Okay, so, best before. Um, but use by, no, I, I would be fairly strict with that yes. now. Um, yes. Especially with the likes of meat and especially uh, poultry and pork. Yeah. Um, and I try to use that first. So if I'm doing. Um, 
like a food shop and I've bought some um, chicken, I will usually try to use that the first day or two just to be um, very sure it's all okay. Once it's cooked, it'll last a good bit longer as well. So um, just remember as well that that um, use by date is the date as it is right now. Once you cook it, it will last a bit longer again. Okay. So if you're not sure that um, you will have that whole chicken eaten, um, just make sure you've cooked it before you use it and then you can make it into lots of different dishes and you can even freeze it once you've cooked it to make it last even longer. Very good. Really good advice there. But as you say, best before, well, look, we have stuff in our cupboards. You know it yourself and it's perfectly fine. Even the yeah. goal goes, can go well beyond the best before date. Yeah. Yeah, especially fruits and vegetables. I see them all the time being reduced and they are absolutely fine. Often not even ripe Mm. and they're they're reduced. So um, definitely like use your use your own like sight and touch and make sure that they are good enough to eat. Mm. Um, In terms of your kitchen and, and your home and your usage of food, I take it very little finds its way to the bin. Yeah, very little. <laughs> um, and any, uh, to be honest, nothing does. Nothing. We have um, chickens and a dog, so um, anything we didn't eat would be going to them more than likely. So, yeah, we we wouldn't waste anything at all. That's really, really good to hear because so much, you, you know the figures yourself, the amount of food yeah. that goes into landfill every year. It, it, it's disgraceful. It, it really is. So fruit and veg, you, you'd, you'd, you'd make sure as well that, you know, you use that to its optimum. It does last longer, doesn't it, even though there's dates on it? Yeah, it lasts much longer. Um, and then with fruit, it's very important how you store it as well. So the likes of your berries and strawberries, when you buy that in the shop, just uh, take it home and what I do is I put it into a vinegar and water bath so it sits there for five minutes one part vinegar to three parts water sits there for five minutes drain it rinse it you won't taste or smell any vinegar and dry it off and put it into a container with um, a paper towel on the bottom so you're keeping it nice and dry and that fruit will then last for about 11 days so it lasts so much longer once you put a little preparation in before. I and love you're this. Save money then. Yeah, because you're right. Strawberries, and we're in strawberry season at the moment. Yeah. By God, they can go quickly and turn. So just say that again. One part vinegar. One part vinegar to three parts water, and, and just sit them in a bowl for five minutes. Then dry them off. Put them into a con- yeah. Dry them off. Yeah. Yeah, and put them into a container with a tea towel on the bottom. Doesn't matter what container it is, just as long as it's nice and dry. And do you cl- do you close the container with a lid, or can it be open or yeah. what? Close, yes, close, close it, with it. The lid and pop it into the fridge. That is a fantastic tip. Now I never knew that at all, and that is going to say because that that soft fruit, uh, raspberries as well, turns yeah. uh, really quickly. So quick. It does. Yeah. It, it does indeed. Anything else? You eat the skins. You know, I, I often think about carrots, for example, and I'm a big carrot fan. Uh, we peel our carrots now, not the ones I grow in my tunnel, you know. And and when I pick my own, they're lovely skin, and all we eat them. Do you eat the skins? It depends on the dish. So um, sometimes I'll peel them, and sometimes I won't. Yeah. And um, for the likes of stews and things like that, like definitely keep them on. Just give them a good scrub. Um, if I do peel them, though, I actually freeze them and I keep them for a stock. 
So you're still using them and creating more from them. So I just, over time, over the week, will continue to keep all of um, my peelings. So whether they're carrots, parsnips, onion skins, anything like that, put them all into a Ziploc, put them into the freezer. And then when I have like a carcass left over, or even if I want to do a vegetable stock, I'll put them all into the slow cooker and cook it down so it becomes a nice stock. I heard you mention the air fryer there. God, I, I, I have to say, I, mea culpa, I gave mine away a while oh, ago. no. <laughs> I did. I, and they're fed up listening to me saying that, but I did. But I just heard you mention it there. You're obviously a fan. I am. I'm a big fan, um, especially with, um, I have two teenagers, so it's great with them. It's um, nice and easy for them to use, and I feel like it's a bit safer as well. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely saves energy and um, it's great for when you're just doing something smaller, um, like it saves you having to heat up the whole oven. And, you know, that's the thing about it that people say, that that's the benefit of it, really, that you, you, you can do that. Um, anything else you want to give us just before you go? Um, No, just um, I suppose the biggest saving really um, for anyone who is trying to um, cut back on their um, food shop is to really prepare before you go um, and create that meal plan and shopping list. And something I always say to people is to have a look in your cupboards because um, one, you don't want to be buying multiples of items, but two... um, there's often a meal there between your cupboards, your fridge and your freezer and you may be able to save a bit of money but even to be able to create more meals from what you already have at home. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, you're a fantastic woman. Irishbudgeting.ie. Check this lady out. She'll guide you all the way. You will save money. Great to catch up with you again, Kaz. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Pizza with the heel of the bread. I like that. Brilliant. And preserve your fruit with vinegar. I certainly onto that for sure. Well done to Kaz Mooney. Uh, Sean says he's just had onion and red pepper in his lunch. He had some over and he just wrapped it up in uh, clink, fill him into the fridge and it'll be perfect for a few days. John's been on to say, tell the children, Louise, the crackers are edible jigsaws. <laughs> the best one I ever got was when I emptied the remnants of the cornflake box, cornflake box on the table and told them to put it together as a jigsaw occupied them for hours says John <laughs> Louise I hope they ate it I hope they ate the cornflakes at the end of that one there and Alice has been on to say the older veg is fantastic in soups don't throw it out and that is uh, very important to remember as well are you sorted with your crackers yeah, yeah good on you yes I'm sorting my pack I'm, I'm going to try and do an eating mess actually are you yeah for the crackers yeah too do and tell us what it's like. Give it a go. Give it a go. Eating mess is sweet. Because I won't whiz it up. Like yeah, and that might be a foil in the eating mess. Very interesting. Mm. We'll have a report for you Perfect in due mess. course on late lunch. Time to get on the road. There's only one man for us. It's our motoring man, Tony Conlon. Afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. Uh, a no, few no. weeks back. Oh, sorry, should I say weeks? Yeah, it is a few weeks ago. Uh, a few months ago, perhaps. You reviewed the Great Wall Motor Company's uh, Aura Funky Cat at that stage, a Chinese arrival in the country. Uh, there's a new kid on the block. There is indeed, Jerry, and it, it's amazing the way life just flows by. Like, because I re- it's not that many years ago I remember the time when we were just servicing British and German cars. And then the Japanese came in the, in the 70s with the likes of Toyota Datsun, which is now Nissan. 
I left the Spanners when the Koreans came along. Mm. And uh, now with the Chinese are here, with MG, the Great Wall Motor Company, the Funky Cat. And then a car most people would have never, ever heard of. And yet they're one of the biggest manufacturers, employers, uh, possibly in the world, definitely in the man, that motor manufacturing business in China. Uh, BYD is the name. Build Your Dreams, that's what the letters stand for. And they've come to Ireland. And the amazing thing about this company is, Jerry, like, not going to get over excited about, but there's, there's lovely stories here and, and there's lovely history where they're coming into Ireland too. This company started only back in 1995 by a, a Chinese gentleman and 20 employees and they started making all kinds of batteries. BYD was formed in 2003. Now they employ 600,000 people, including 49 engineers. My God. Now, this, no, it's massive. It's massive. Massive. Not, yeah. And then the batteries are you know, cars just... They can make their own semiconductors, drive motors, motor control systems, and all this. They come into Ireland, and what's the big cool ha about this, you? Well, it's interesting that these companies come in, and you might say, see a new distributor. But when you see someone like Motor Distributors, distributors Limited, known as MDL, the, the, the distributors now presently for Mercedes-Benz in Ireland, and since the day Mercedes came to Ireland, they have been that person or that company behind them. <clears throat> Fairly well recognised, uh, highly recognised actually in, in in the country and then the most interesting thing that kind of kind of makes it all the, the portfolio all the more interesting is that MDL have taken on the distribution of BYD now remember MDL everything they put their hand to thank God everything they put their hand to has turned to gold they, they imported and built Volkswagens in Ireland they imported imported Audis to Ireland they imported Mazda's turn and imported Skoda's turn. Now, all of them are taken back into the, 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 the surrounds of Volkswagen, Audi and Skoda and Mazda. They still have the Mercedes-Benz and, and now they have BYD. Mm. So things look very interesting for a company like MDL to take on this huge, big manufacturing electric car company. Yeah, this is it. This is significant. Now, the car we're talking about today is the Atto 3. It's a, it's a solid-looking machine, isn't it? It's very solid, Jerry. And you know, like it's practical looking and it's very well built. And they're the, they're the elements that actually got my attention. It's the kind from any angle you look at. It's not terrible sports orientated. It's more about practicality and versatility and uh, the build quality. And then the interesting design twitches to it. Like everything's kind of any music focus somewhere or another. If you look at the back doors, the back pockets of the rear doors where the design the design was I think it was three strings, three red strings was the mind where you latch stuff in behind. Now I think it's a wonderful looking thing, but you know, if you've small children and they're gonna start learning how to play the guitar, they're gonna start driving you mad and that thing. So you'd have to watch that because it's a really attractive <laughs> little thing for kids in the back to play with like, you know. Yes. But uh, the noise factor could be a problem there. That I suppose will be the only nitpick. I drove it around the, the, the roads of Kildare, Jerry, and uh, it's interesting. Just to give you a few stats about yes. it, uh, if you don't mind, it'll hold 440 litres of boot space. That's family orientated, definitely from an electric car viewpoint, because the boots in electric cars are, can be small. Mm. And I'll go from 440 with the seats down to 1338. Another notable factor, as I mentioned, interior design, the focal feature, of course, inside is a unique 12.8-inch rotatable touchscreen. It rises to 15.6-inch on the design version, which is which is the top model there, Jerry. Yes. It, now, the most important thing everyone will ask about electric vehicles is what kind of a range. Yes. Well, BYD are claiming a range of 420 kilometres, and... 
that's from a 60.48 kilowatt hour battery. The, the most other thing to say about the battery is see, they're so advanced these people do they use new batteries that are cobalt-free. It's called the blade battery. Now, they also surpassed what's known as the nail penetration test, regarded as the Mount Everest of battery safety tests. And, of course, it has five-star safety from a driving perspective, too. A lot, lot of little things, not to 107.3 seconds. Just believe me, you will do that. That's, that's, that's quick for a family car, let me tell you. And top speed is claimed to be 159. The fact that it's been distributed... Now, initially, through one garage in Cork and two in Dublin, one in South, one in North Dublin here in the Navan Road as you go in. That, of course, will spread to other dealers mm. around the country, Mm. And you know what I love as well? The range is significant, 420 kilometres. And as you say, these people are battery specialists. Uh, this is their line of batteries. And they produce so much in this car in-house. You know, they're not depending on others for parts or anything. The other thing is this. I just saw there, the battery, say you're around about a third full in the battery with power. It can be brought up to 80% full in just 29 minutes and overnight from empty to full six and a half hours. Yeah, the court and figures like that, Jerry, and like that is that is impressive. Now, of course, the 30 to 80 percent would be uh, presumably definitely on a fast charger. And another interesting thing about they all talk about this is this is this is designed from the the, the floor up, like because the platform, this is the next generation e platform, and there's just other versions and models coming down the road. My God, you want to see the style of these things that are coming down the road, Jerry? It's very very interesting altogether. But look, without blowing the trumpet too much. A very interesting, well-built car. A good distance on it, if it, if it'll do that, great distance. The amount of people behind it in engineering. And the big, big thing is the confidence. The confidence is one of our longest distributors in Ireland. And people, as I said to you, put dip their hand and horns into gold. Uh, they've taken it underneath the wings. And mm. mind you, on the day, there was a lot of Chinese there, let me tell you, above in the K-Club for the launch of this car and to see what's going to happen. It's going to take just time. People, it's not going to panic or rush certainly MDL won't but to get the name out there and uh, have a look at it have a look at it sit into it look at all the technology the little, all the little things I'm talking about from the, the speed of air yeah. vents and all this you know and from a price perspective for a full electric car starting what just over 37,000 yeah like that's, that's another interesting factor and the real thing about this is while it is available in active comfort and design trim levels and specification levels the, even the base level, level is very highly capable. Let me go back to this first. I'll go back to base. 37128 starting, Jerry, inactive. And then you usually see with some manufacturers, that's the start one. That's the teaser. To put out the teaser there for you to have a look at. But it only rises to 38964 for the top of the range. Mm. And considering, considering, I'm absolutely certain saying this, that the starting model has a panoramic sunroof and vegan leather upholstery. So th- there's no skimping on this car. You know, it rises yes. up and it's still the top model is under 40 grand and that says an awful lot yes I, I cop that as well I just thought that between the three different specs to the highest there's only uh, less than 3 grand between them which is quite different as you say to many it's very uh, very uh, different yeah, yeah it is it is very so different. Tony build BYD build your dreams you like it yeah, I like it, Jerry, and I'd like to see some of them on the road. And the will, there's no doubt at all about it. There will be, uh, as I said to you, it's practical, it's versatile, and if it does what it says on the tin, and you get that sort of mileage or near enough out of it, that would be pretty good. And again, the other attractive thing is, if you do want to go electric, 
you don't have to make too many sacrifices in this case. It's it's a reasonably well well spec, absolutely magnificently spec car, and it's at a very very attractive uh, price. There you go. Tony Conlon loves it. BYD is the manufacturer. and uh, yeah. it Have a look at it and have a look at the car. It's a Natto 3 and there's more models on the way and being distributed by one of the uh, the biggest and uh, long-standing uh, distributors here in Ireland, MDL. Thank you for that, Tony. Let's move on. Um, the E-Class uh, is coming. The new Mercedes E-Class has been unveiled. It'll be here in the autumn. By God. This is some car. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> some it, car. It is. It definitely whets your appetite. Like, considering they're in this mid-range luxury segment for over 75 years, uh, luggage capacity, again, increased up to 540. Now, that's 100 years more than the BYD. But it's a, it's a big car, of course. You know, it's a three-box proportions as such. Now, interesting, Jerry. They'll have four petrol versions, E200, E300, E. E300E formatic four wheel drive, E400 formatic, and an E220D and an E220 formatic, and then of course we'll be uh, equipped with four generation plug in mild hybrid electric power. When is the car coming? The car is coming in the autumn. Mm. You buy a new marquee class in late autumn, say November. No, you don't. You wait to January, February. Look, I place your order for if you're if you're a Merc person, but. It, Again, it's interesting. There is EQEs, of course, the pure electric E-Class and EQC, EQSs, pure electric, beautiful design cars, but they're still there with the, with the offering the diesel and petrols and mild hybrid and, and uh, electric power. Yeah. So it's all, all, all plug-in, all very interesting stuff. Beautiful looking car. Oh, it is. It, it just... See the photographs. Oh, right? listen, turn your head out. There's no doubt about this. Mercs have that for sure. And this model has a big fan base. You know that yourself. There are people who will be waiting for this uh, to come along. But uh, you're saying late this year, uh, ne- early next year is the time if you're thinking of... Yeah, well, James. if it came in, if it came in, yeah. in the autumn, like, uh, yeah. uh, late August can be autumn and September. Yes. I'd say, yeah, go for it. But if it's going to be November, definitely have a look at it and put a booking in if you'd wish. You want to see the screen of this car, Jerry, right across the whole dash line. There's all this high-tech screen. Uh, it's improved tech and more software-driven approach. Uh, it boosts all sorts of performance and speeds of data streams in a way to say that has led to greater use of intelligent functions. They use beautiful mm. words, yeah, but they are true. Like, there's no yeah. doubt about it. And you don't have to say, hey, Mercedes anymore. If you want to get, it might turn on automatically. You just speak and say, please put on the heater. Please put on LMFM. <laughs> That's the one. Please play LMFM. That's what you've got to say in your car to this new Mercedes as well and get listening to us here for sure, Tony. Let's move on uh, from that to uh, the Dacia Jogger. Um, A a year on, this car certainly has uh, shook things up in its particular sector. It has. I mean, we kind of said it's a year year here now. We were at the launch, which we did tell you about. It's a seven-seater. It's, uh, as Fella says, uh, it's a happy... A little car, not a little, it's a seven-seater, but it's mm. a happy family family car insofar as it makes so many people happy because of the price. Uh, the 1300 sales, which speaks for itself, they reckon the cost, if you do PCP, about seven, seven, seven a day, that's seven euros, 77 cents. Uh, I don't have the price exactly on me at the moment, Jerry, but uh, it's up there, like, around the 30s or just under the 30. Yes, it's been very successful for, for Dashia in Ireland, and Dashia have been Hugely successful mm. overall. When you think of it. it's amazing, just all this. If there's value there, like it, 
like you need children sitting in independent seats if you have if you have more than three children like you, you need that seven seat or some description and it, it's it's a safe guaranteed model that transport and safety rather than sitting on top of one another which is against the law anyway, mm. you know but, but uh, yeah they're getting there definitely getting there uh, Louise wants to know, have you any cars to recommend that turn into hovercrafts in this weather? Well, <laughs> no, I don't think no, just don't yet. Think <laughs> but no, there, could be a, there could be a niche for it, or maybe more than that if this blinking rain continues. But here's the thing, the Dacia, I can't believe this, 10 years uh, since the first Dacia Sandero came in, Tony, 10 years, yeah, a decade. Yeah. yeah, and I can keep telling the story. I can remember well, I think it was in Ashford and Wicklow, at the Sunday afternoon it was launched to the press and uh, everyone was there and of course everyone has their own opinion but some of the lads once met that their opinions made known a little bit noisier than anyone else and said oh it'll never succeed uh, there's no place for it in this country and this that and the other well when you see the likes of Dacia succeeding in Germany and other European countries I had a bet that yes this car will succeed in Ireland and uh, like, thankfully it's not just saying right it's, it's a matter of fact if there's a car out there with value that does for the sale from the pen and you can back up companies like Renault that will stand by warranty wise and look after you to the best of their ability uh, that's what you want that is exactly what you want Tony we leave it there for today we'll come back to the uh, Peugeot 208 uh, next time 2008 next time okay. round and more besides but Tony you're fantastic thank you indeed Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. That's our motoring man, Tony Conlon there. Build your dreams. Have a look at that for sure. Tony really likes that one. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, still to come on this afternoon's show. Uh, the construction industry, of course they're looking for people. But uh, there's a big push, and it's going really well. Started last year to get women back to work in the construction sector. We're talking about it in a wee while on the show. Short break, back in a moment. Because Kelly Clarkson Because of you you. On your late lunch This Thursday afternoon And I want to dedicate that one to Sheila Maloney She's a great friend of ours In LMFM Radio And I want to wish her all the best To get well soon And that comes in from Karen, Barry, Jackie and Patrice and we join in those well wishes to you Sheila as well she's very kind to us always is never forgets everybody in LMFM at Christmas and Easter time and we do appreciate Sheila's generosity and I hope she's back on her feet soon I also want to mention another lady a newcomer to Late Lunch uh, earlier in the week we talked about the new Blaster Books Tapas Books and uh, we were joined by the uh, authors of the book and uh, one of them got back in touch with me. Well, they were very grateful for the interview. Vanessa Murphy was back in touch with me to say, you've a new fan in my mother. Uh, and I want to say hello to her today. Lola is her name. Well, Fanola to give her her full title. Uh, of course, there are three Lolas, as I mentioned the other day, in uh, the family of uh, the wonderful restaurant there. And uh, I want to say uh, good afternoon to Fanola Murphy. She's listening to us this afternoon. And uh, thank you indeed for joining us on the show. We do appreciate it. Return with Confidence is a programme aimed at upskilling workers who have left the construction industry for various reasons with the aim of helping them back into the industry where people are needed because the sector is booming at the moment. Very successful in 2022. The 20 
23 programme uh, begins on May 15th and I'm delighted to welcome to the show someone who availed of that programme last year, Alina Mann and Liz Carroll who's the programme manager for construction professionals with Skillnet. Welcome ladies to the show, thank you both for joining me. Liz if I could start with yourself, maybe you'd tell our listeners a little bit more about this programme please. Yeah, it's a 12-week programme in in total. You need to be unemployed to participate. The first six weeks are just giving you, upskilling you. So in basic general skills, so things like getting your CV, your LinkedIn profile together, um, interview techniques, mock interviews, those type of things, as well as other things like team working, um, getting used to using Excel and Word and those type of things again. And then a few things that are specific to the construction sector, like safe pass, manual handling and novice works. And then the second six weeks are to do uh, work placement. So we work with you to find a placement that's suitable for you in a role that suits you, but also the times that suit you. So many of the people that would be work with us um, might want to go back part time, not necessarily full time. So we would look to the companies that we have contacts in to see do they have potentially places um, for roles in those areas? But also, um, just are they prepared to offer a placement in that kind of, um, I suppose, those circumstances as well. Is it difficult to attract women into the construction sector? Because overall, they are a minority still, you know, in the established sector and the people that are working in it at the moment. Is that a difficulty? Yes, I think so. I suppose m- many women would really be in the back office, so things doing mm. accounts, doing HR, that type of stuff. Yes. So yes, we're looking for people in those roles as well, because as the sector grows, we need more people there as well. But yet we have engineers, we have um, project managers, we have health and safety officers, co- quantity surveyors, architects, you know, engine, you know, the, yes. the, this goes on and on and on. You don't, I suppose most people think of construction as really the trades, so the guys who are actually on site building the building. And, yeah. Um, you know, putting doing the plumbing and the electricians and that type of thing. And the vast majority of those are men. But you obviously need people designing and um, managing the, the process as well. So, and, you know, all the back office team as well to support that. Mm. So, um, but yes, it, 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 it's um, an area that women don't traditionally think of looking at, but there are huge, huge opportunities in there as well, you know. Yeah, and, you know, when women step out of the, the workforce, and they do for various reasons, is there a lack of confidence there, you know, coming back in? Do you see that? Is that something that must be over? That The biggest challenge, may I say? It, it, it probably is. Where this programme actually came from was I was approached by a woman who had gone back to work herself. She She's an engineer in a large company here and wanted to attract more women back in because they had a large number of vacancies in there. And she had found herself that even, I think she's only done two years away from the workplace, she actually found it quite daunting. And um, she felt that the support of, you know, other people around her and helping her know that she was, you know, um, getting her CV right, getting her interview techniques right and and taking all that worry out of us would would be really helpful. And that's the type of feedback that was got from the people who have participated in the programme to date. You know, that it's Mm. something that really um, the support of each other and then the support of the team delivering the programme as well has been really beneficial to them. Let's hear from somebody who availed of the programme last year. Alina Mann is with us and listening patiently there. Hi, Alina. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Hi, I'm Alina. I'm 37 years old. I'm from Romania and I moved to Ireland a few years ago. I like to travel, to read and watch movies. I am a hard-working who isn't afraid to face a challenge. 
And why did you apply for this programme, would you tell me? Yeah, sure. I applied for this programme because I'm seeking a more challenging opportunity in my career. I also learned more about skills, how to present myself at the interview and how to become a best version of me. Good on you. And why, why construction? What attracted you to construction? Have you ever worked in the construction sector in the past? Not really. I'm in the administration sector, and uh, but this program offer the other areas as well. So I, that's why I uh, enjoy being part of this program. Good on you. What what, what did you find uh, the most challenging aspect of of going through this process and getting uh, back into the uh, working in the construction sector? What challenged you most? I really enjoy every part of this program. Help me to build my confidence, to improve my skills, and to sell myself at the interview. This program gave us the opportunity to have our personal coach, which helped us to set better our goals and to take better decisions. Okay, so you got a lot from this program, you're telling me? Yes, we did, indeed. Um, and where are you working? What, what, what part of the industry are you in now? What, what do you work at? I'm in uh, public administrations. I have level eight in public administrations, and I just um, started le- recently a job as a clerical officer at the Royal Academy of Music in Dublin. Okay, okay. So, and, and would you recommend this back to work program? What, 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 you found it obviously very helpful to yourself. You're now in, in a in a permanent role. You'd recommend it? Absolutely, I will. Uh, I learned a lot from this course. It was very useful. The tutor was very excellent. It explained so well. She helped us to create a, um, our a professional resume and how to sell ourselves at the interview. Overall, it was a great experience. Yeah, So, and, and you're quite happy with where it's uh, brought you to now and that you're working away. Definitely, yeah. Knowing my uh, skills better, like my soft skills and hard skills. And uh, knowing exactly which job is good and uh, which one suits you better. Yeah. You're, you're, you're quite at home in Ireland now, I take it. You're here since the mid-2000s, yeah. yes? Actually, my plan is to stay here in Ireland, so... Good on you. I really enjoy being here. Oh, that's lovely to hear. It really is. So, Liz, you, you can hear there that Alina is very happy with what the programme offered her and gave to her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, that's an endorsement that I'm sure that rings uh, nicely in your ears, you know, as a recommendation to others. So, for, for today, how, how do people get onto this programme? If they can, they can contact me. So if they go onto our website, which is cpskillnet.ie, and then they click on the programs, and this return with confidence is there. So they can they can look at that, or they can call me on oh eight seven nine three two three seven four nine. That's oh eight seven nine three two three seven four nine. It's aimed at the construction sector, but it can take you anywhere, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it's aimed at the construction sector, but uh, as I said, the programme covers generic skills. So um, 
we're not, I, I suppose, our contacts for placements will be through the construction sector. But, um, you know, we're not going to refuse people in the, in, you know, as long as our aim, I suppose, is to help people get back to work. Um, and if we can get them into the construction sector in the process of doing that, all the better. Again, just will you remind us of the criteria? I know you mentioned them quickly there at the start. What are the criteria for getting onto this programme? You need to be unemployed yep. and um, I suppose willing really to be open to working in the construction sector. Is there any cost involved or is everything covered when you're accepted onto the programme? Once you're accepted on the programme, everything is completely free. And uh, obviously you, you apply, I take it there's an interview process. Is it, is it uh, you know, challenging that process in itself to get through to be accepted? No, really. I ask people just to send me their CV. I then have a chat with them, see where they want to go, see if the programme is relevant to them. I should also point out that if you're on welfare, that you can retain your welfare payment while doing this programme. There might be certain uh, things that you need to, you maybe need to be unemployed for a certain amount of time, I think, to be able to do the programme and retain well, and retain your payments. Um, but no, it, it's really um, just to make sure that you're motivated, um, happy to um work in the construction sector and to just really um, apply yourself to the course is really what I check out when I chat to the people. I did say in the introduction there's a need, there's a great need because the sector's booming at the moment. That's uh, fair enough to say. Absolutely. There are a huge number of vacancies um, in the sector, you know, in every role. So, as I said, it's not just, you know, people out on the site working, but it's it's in all the, the roles in the back office, in HR, in health and safety, in quality, you know, all all the different areas as well as quantity surveyors, engineers, um, everything, basically. Yes. Um, because there's a huge need, as we, as we all know, with housing, there's huge pressure on mm. getting those, um, mm. getting the houses built. Um, um, but we just literally don't have enough people to um, make it happen. The crash you know, was awful and building really stopped for a number of years and lots of tradespeople and all across the sector in construction, people went into new careers, they left this country, they emigrated. Is there still a hangover from that? There is. There is, to be honest. A lot of people have moved on. A lot of people who were working here from other countries returned to their home countries. Um, So we lost we lost a lot of people. Now, we are building back up. We, we're still mm. not back at the numbers that we were at. Um, but again, there are still those vacancies. So we are trying to attract people again from other countries. But I'm sure there are plenty of people still here who um, are from that sector. And it would be great to, to get them back in. OK, and just give that online uh, that they can look up again before we okay. finish. It's CP Skillness. So C-P-S-K-I-L-L-N-E-T at C-I-F. Sorry, dot IE. Sorry. Dot IE. Yeah, dot IE. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. that indeed. Alina, thank you for joining us on the show. We wish you well. And Liz Carroll, a pleasure to talk to you too. Good luck to everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Not thank at you. all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourselves. That's Alina Mann there, a graduate from last year's programme. So you heard there's an opportunity uh, calling out to you this afternoon. Again, I'll give you the online at cpskillnet at cif. F for Freddy dot IE. All the information is there. And what a great opportunity that is for women to get back to work and into the construction sector in particular. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I see Lionel Messi, Louise, is on the move. Do you know that fella? Do you know a fella called Lionel Messi? Ah, there you are. Sorry, I put the wrong headphones on PH. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course I know Messi. You and them booking headphones. Will you stop? <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell them the mannerism you have. What do you do? You put them on, you put them on. You, you, you don't put them on directly, do you? you three I times. I a habit, an annoying yes. habit. So I have to put them on, then take them off, then put them on, <laughs> then take them off, turn them around, put them on three times. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's on the move. He's um, he's with Paris at the moment, but there's rumour he, well, he'd hardly go back to Barcelona. I don't think they can bring him back. I don't think they can afford him, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, he's on the move and there'll be people vying for a signature. But look, at he's coming to the end of his I was career now. Say ah, he is, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like Ronaldo and that as well. They're at the, the wrong end of the age spectrum for uh, playing top class Still football. a few goals left. Ah, there probably say. is, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who'll sign him. More topical than anything, what has happened to the Irish summer? Where is the Irish summer? Are we going to... I don't mind if it's cold. I just want it to be dry for a little while. The rain is just incessant. I was heading up to Dundalk last evening around tea time. Oh, my word. Talk about cloudbursts. Incredible, I have to say. Uh, but w- what's up? What is wrong? Where? No, listen, don't get me wrong. For fishermen, <laughs> at this time of the year with the mayfly hatch and everything happening, the mixed weather is is a boon for sure. I've seen it years where there hasn't been a puff of wind and it's been totally dry, but it's really taken the biscuit now, hasn't it? Yeah. It really has. It's I can't actually remember a totally dry day, can you? No, no, not at all. The, the weather is just terrific. It really, really is horrific. And I'm hoping, because I can remember a summer, I don't want to put the mockers on it now, but I remember certainly one or two, maybe more in my lifetime, well, the year never settled at all. You know what I mean? We had rain right through. Can you? Oh, listen, there was I one. I always thought it, you no. get to an age and you look back and all you can remember is sunshine. You, you know when you always say, oh, I remember growing up, summers were always great. And they weren't. You just remember the good bits. Well, there were great summers in the 70s. I think 76 was marvellous in that. Mm. But I can tell you there were summers because I know with my fishing hat on where the River Boyne was nearly in flood right through the summer. There was plenty of rain through the summer and it never let up. And I just hope it's not like that this year for everybody's sake. We need a spell of decent weather. And I'm going to say it again. If I hear anything about a water shortage in this country, I'll tell you what, I'm going to break up the shop. i say it again. As somebody said last night, oh, well, you see, Jerry, there'll be two or three dry weeks and Ishka Aaron will be telling us, you got to conserve, you got to... Get lost, the whole lot of you. We have that much rain in this country. Get your act together, store it properly and sell it to the world as well because that's what we have loads of. <laughs> More water than anyone else in the world. But the weather, it just... Look... For everybody, you need a bit of sunshine, a bit of heat in your back, a bit of dryness, as you said. You really do, and we need it. Come on, let just gets you down, doesn't it? Really, ah, it does. It does. It does. And the weather affects people's mood and the way we feel and everything. Let's try and will some good weather. Let's try and will it. That's what we want to do. Anyway, this song is really appropriate. I think Mm. we're believing, aren't we? Oh yeah. Don't stop believing that we're going to get that summer. We're going to get that good weather. Yes, it's Journey taking us to the top of the hour at three. On your late lunch this mixed Thursday afternoon. Dundery Fair is happening this Sunday. Something for all of the family. Starts around 10 to 11 in the morning and runs right through to night time into the early hours. There's entertainment, there's animals, the machinery, stalls, craft makers, you name it, all happening. The place to be this Sunday, if you're not going to the Leinster football final in Croke Park, is the Dunderry Fair. And of course, you can keep in touch uh, with Croke Park 
by joining us here on LMFM Radio for our wonderful coverage happening on Sunday afternoon. Now, uh, I asked you a question today. I have tickets to give away family tickets. Two today on the show, two adults, two children on each of the passes. The question was, a Scottish blackface is a breed of which animal? It's a sheep, actually. Yes, a Scottish blackface is a sheep. Thank you to everybody who sent in the correct answers or otherwise. The winners of those family passes to Dunderry this afternoon on late lunch is Regina Duffy and Tina O'Callaghan. Well done to both of you. You are the winners. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements and enjoy the fair on Sunday. I will have more tickets to give away on the show tomorrow afternoon. And just tell you that late lunch tomorrow afternoon, we're building up to the Leinster Football Championship final. Yes, it's the red and white of Louth in the final. Only the second time in 60 odd years. It's incredible. Uh, Louth there taking on Dublin on Sunday and we'll be building up to the big match here on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. And we'll have all our usual Friday stuff as well. Your TV theme competition, the Dundery tickets, comedy uh, and of course the number one in my Eurovision countdown all coming your way on late lunch. Do join us for that tomorrow Friday afternoon. But um, it's time. It's time. It's time for this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... My Eurovision number two and the year I go back to is the winner from 1987 and I'm bringing it all back home with this one. He is Eurovision royalty because he won first in 1980 with What's Another Year. He wrote the winner for Linda Martin, Why Me, in 1992. And this one is in the middle in 1987. A huge hit right across Europe, made number one in many countries, at least the top five everywhere else. And in the UK, it was a number two. I must feature it some Tuesday on a two and Tuesday. Anyway, it made number two there. When Eurovision songs were Eurovision songs, one of the greatest ballads to ever win the contest. Yes, it's Mr. Johnny Logan with Hold Me Now. On and on and hold me now. Don't cry. Don't say your words. Just hold me now and try to understand that. Asha, that's a Eurovision winner, isn't it? When you listen to the stuff today, I don't know what to make of it. Maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know what it is. But anyway, Johnny Logan, my number two in top five Eurovision countdown. My personal top five uh, this week on Late Lunch. Timeless. What a wonderful ballad uh, that is from Johnny. And again, he is the king. They just love him in Eurovision. Nobody's achieved what he's achieved. You know, three wins, uh, writing one and performing two himself as well. Unbelievable. And uh, we remember the great, late, great Shay Healy as well in the context of Eurovision. Another wonderful man and uh, sadly is no longer with us. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this uh, Thursday afternoon. Can you please send our best wishes to the Loud team on Sunday from the Irish Wheelchair Association shop in RD. Hello to everybody down there today. Thank you for getting in touch with us. I really uh, do love to hear from you on the show and you'll have plenty of opportunity on the show tomorrow to send your wishes to the Loud team as we concentrate on late lunch. It's a late lunch special on the Leinster final here tomorrow afternoon. Founded in 20- 
2017 by Neil Skeffington and John Rice, based in Gibbstown in County Mead, Novel Blast has been shortlisted for a very prestigious Ernest and Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And I'm delighted to be joined on the show today by Neil Skeffington. Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Hi. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Well, listen, congratulations on being shortlisted. This is a, a wonderful acknowledgement of what you do. Just explain to our listeners, what is Novel Blast? What do you do? Thank you. Uh, well, in Novel Blast, we, we started production in 2019. And in a nutshell, we recycle PET plastic. Um, we import waste plastic from all around the world at this stage. Um, and we've we've just been... Growing and growing and growing since we started. Um, so here in Gibstown, we have about 60 employees at the moment um, and we've grown to be the biggest PET recycler in Ireland. So it's been quite the story. Um, stressful at times, as I'm sure you'll understand. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're in a good place and nice to get the recognition from, from EY for this award. It's been great. It certainly is, and uh, 60 employees, you've been growing steadily, and of course, you are a key part of this circular economy, and sure, we hear about uh, plastics and that all the time, the evil that they are, but they can be, you know, recycled, renewed, and this is what you do. There's two aspects I was looking at of your business, you revive and you renew, would you explain each of those in turn? Yeah, so Revive is where we, we bring in um, waste plastic and, and byproducts from companies um, and we, we, we shred them up, we blend them and, and we make a pellet and we, um, we send that back to the customers. And then the Renew service that we have, we, uh, we take materials from our customers and we pelletize after them and send it back to them so that they're not... It, it forces them to think better about their, their materials, think more circular and not linear. Unfortunately, the, the world we live in is, is quite linear, so we're, we're trying to change that and change the way of thinking to a more circular mindset. Um, there's great initiatives out there from the government at the moment. There's the Circular Economy Bill from last year, which is, which is going to help things, but we have a long way to go. Um, so we, we shout loud in, in Novel Plast uh, to make sure that, that somebody is listening to us. Um, but for sure, plastics have been seen uh, over the last few years as, as, a, as you know, and more of a necessary evil. But they are necessary in, in, in everything we, we do. And you're normally horrified by the amount of packaging you bring home from the supermarket every time you do your shopping. But without that packaging, it, it, you know, your food probably wouldn't last as long. Um, so, so it is necessary. Uh, we all wore plastic the whole way through COVID with all our PPE. We just need to we need to be better at, at how we at how we design the products first of all to make them easier to recycle and that we have the uh, the infrastructure there that that can recycle these materials. So it it is necessary. It will be part of life going forward. But the idea is that people and companies, you know, give it and present it to the likes of yourselves to make it come round again and again and again. And is that a fact? Can you recycle it in, you know, infinitely? Yes, you can. And there's a lot of cool technologies out there in recycling at the moment. Um, we what we do is we blend better plastics with lower quality ones, and we end up with a good uh, quality plastic. Um, but there's chemical recycling technologies out there. One of which we're developing ourselves, which was awarded um, nearly two million euros under the Enterprise Ireland Disruptive Technologies Innovation Fund, and it's a real groundbreaking project where we can break down the polymers into their into their original ingredients. Let's say I, want, I don't want to get too technical, mm. and then that can be used to to remake virgin plastic. Um, so it's quite a cool project. 
there's lots of people working on, on, on cool projects in, in plastic recycling to make sure that we have full circularity on it. Um, so the answer is yes, you, you can recycle these infinitely as long as you do it right. Has a business and, let's say, the home business, if I call it a home is a business, every home is, it, it's run like one, have both bought into this, that, you know, rather than discarding it, sending it to landfill, throwing it into the sea, which we hear about and that, do you think the message needs to be hammered home more to get more people to buy into this? It does, for sure. Um, we, we, we work a lot with, with local schools and, and we, we, we put a lot into trying to educate. I bring kids in here to the factory um, quite often. They'd either be friends of my son or, or neighbours or whatever it might be. And we try to educate them whenever they come in. Um, the, while, while the circular economy bill is a start, we've, we have a lot more to do. You know, there's, there's a deposit return system coming in for bottles, which is a, it's, it's a, it's a nice start. But just how we design packaging, we, you know, like... When marketing people get their hands on packaging, they want lots of different colours on it, printing and labels and all sorts. But when you do that, you make it more and more difficult to recycle. Um, so I think we, we've, we have a long way to go for certainly having the Greens in power. Um, well, not everyone might agree with me. Um, it, it has been good in that respect because they do understand the need for a circular economy. But we do have a long way to go for sure. So we, we like to shout. That's why it's great to be on today. Um, telling people to, to look after their waste a bit better, separate things. and It's no harm to wash out your packaging before you put it into the recycling bin and keep it nice and loose because it makes everybody's job easier further down the line. Mm, well said. I'm, I'm big into it myself. I'm actually a stickler uh, for it Good. at home. I really am. They they laugh at me. Keep I think, it it, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm the champion of it in the house. I don't know why we're uh, weren't around. But anyway, I, I do my part and I would encourage everybody to do their bit as well because we can all work together to make Absolutely. this planet a cleaner, better uh, place. Are there any schools out there in the Loudmead region that want to come in, see what we do and bring some kids uh, in to see what we do? reach out to us on LinkedIn or give us a shout on the website and they're more than welcome to bring them in and we'll we'll educate the next generation. That is a terrific offer. If you're listening to us today, going home from school, there are lots of people in the cars at the minute heading out the doors of schools. There are teachers listening today. What an offer from Neil Skeffington for your school to go and visit uh, Novel Plast in Gibstown and County Mead and see what this is all about. Thank you for doing that today. I do no appreciate problem. it. It really is a lovely offer, I, I have to say to you. Well, look, at continued success. Which category are you in? You're in are you in the We're emerging... Moving. No, we're in the international category. Oh, my God. Um, so, Fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're over the limits for the emerging. I, right. I, we still think of ourselves as a startup, but we shouldn't really. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we export most of what we make. Yes. Um, and I think in terms of revenue, we were over the limit for emerging. So that's why they put us into the um, international. But there's a special award for sustainability as well this year. So we're quite hopeful we might uh, be in with a squeak for that one. Well, Neil, never mind the school children. You have a child at heart here talking to you today. And down the road, <laughs> I promise you, I will be in touch and I'll go and Do. visit. Yeah, and I'd love, I'd love to, to see, see what you're doing there as yeah. well and uh, bring it back to the audience here in the future. Congratulations to you there. Well done to you. We're delighted for you. And good luck in the competition.
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. That's the wonderful Bye. Neil Skeffington there from Novel Plast in Gibstown. So there you are. Great offer to finish off late lunch today. If you want to take your class or school children along there, contact Neil at uh, Novel Plast. He'd be delighted to talk to you and arrange that. That's it on late lunch this afternoon. Paul McKenna's coming next with The Drive and more besides here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice evening. The forecast says that the rain is going to go away for the time being anyway and we'll have a nice evening get out and enjoy it please let's have some more dry weather whoever is listening out there to us if there is somebody anyway we'll be back tomorrow with a special late lunch yes Leinster final weekend loud in the final what's rare is wonderful and we'll be focusing on it here along with all our regular stuff on the show tomorrow afternoon make sure to join us from half past one on Friday we'll see you then The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.